Hello, welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. This podcast is for all the moms and dads out there who struggle with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now, here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. Uh, We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Patrick Yip. Uh, Patrick serves as the director of business development for Atmex uh, and One Gold. Atmex is one of the largest retailers of physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, and has sold over 15 billion in product over its 20 year history, uh, 20 plus year history. Uh, One Gold is is a fast growing online precious metal platform that has processed over 750 million dollars, I guess USD in in transactions during the first three years of business. Uh, Mr. Yip joined Atmex in 2011 and has had several roles uh, including merchandising, sales, project management, and business development. He played a key role in the company's 250% plus growth in marketplaces such as eBay, Amazon, and Walmart. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Paul. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. We were chatting a little bit pre-show and uh, I know that uh, you were in California at one point and now you're in Oklahoma. So if you could just give us a little bit of background and, and how you got into this industry. Uh, yeah, sure. That's a great question. So as you mentioned, I'm the director of business development at Atmex and One Gold. A lot of times I get asked from people like, why precious metals? Or how do you get involved in that niche industry? Because it's not a very common thing that people get involved into. Um, so it's all started back in 2008. I'm sure you and many of your guests will remember what happened back then. Um, back then I had a typical portfolio of stocks and bonds. Um, the financial crisis obviously hit and my portfolio got chopped in half. Uh, now I kind of joke that my 401k became a 201k, but I remember back in 2008, it was not, not a laughing matter. It was pretty uh, painful back then. So I went to my financial planner and said, hey, wh- what happened over here? And I recall him saying something like, hey, no one could predict that crash or no one saw it coming. So this got me looking into um, a lot of Austrian economics and precious metals. And then I looked at even gold and what happened in 2008. In 2008, gold actually initially corrected with stocks, but it ended up positive for the year. Um, So following 2008, I became more and more interested in precious metals. And in 2011, I actually decided to relocate from L.A. to Oklahoma City. And I was actually a prior customer of Atmex before I took a job here. But I've been with Atmex for over 11 years um, and love it. Oh, that's very cool. And and in full transparency, I, I, I'm very fascinated by this topic. I do believe that I own some small portion of of a fund that is related to precious metals in my inside of my IRA account. Um, and I know that you guys really are dealing with the actual physical asset as opposed to investing via funds. And maybe you could talk to our audience a little bit about the difference between kind of what you guys do and what maybe some of the other mutual funds or companies are doing in terms of setting up these funds, just very high level. Sure. Yeah. So we, the parent company is called Atmex. Uh, I almost consider that like the Amazon of precious metals. So we have like 25,000 plus products in stock, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, uh, bullion coins, bullion bars, uh, numismatics, which is basically a fancy way of saying a collector coin. Uh, When you buy on Atmex, you basically, you pay for it and you take delivery of the physical metal. Um, so that's the parent company, that's Atmex. Uh, a subsidiary company is called One Gold. So it's for the people who don't necessarily want to take possession of the metal, but they want direct ownership of the metal. So 
I look at, at one gold almost like a, a Coinbase or a Robin Hood of precious metals because it's so intuitive. So how one gold works is you create an online investment account. You decide whether you want gold, silver, or platinum. You fund your account, you buy the metal, and then you have direct ownership of the metal stored at a Brinks or Loomis vault um, in your location. So U.S., Switzerland, Canada, or the U.K., fully audited and insured. So that's two, two different variations of what we do. Uh, one of the popular ways to buy gold, gold and silver is through the ETF, such as the GLD or SLV. Uh, if you do own something like that, I would advise you to read the prospectus because there are issues with those. And I'm not trying to just you know, market my company over here. But if you look at it, one of the things that they say is the gold and silver is not insured, which, you know, you hope nothing ever happens. But it's just something to consider if, if you don't know where the gold is and it's not insured, you can't say how secure it is, um, just something to be aware of. The worst thing you want to see is you invest in gold, it went up and your gold got stolen and, and you had no no say in it. Um, that, that's that's one of the big downsides about some of the, the, the funds. That's what I think I'm, I'm in, I, I think I'm invested in one of those types of funds. <laughs> the question that kind of sparked in my mind is if you're going through the one gold platform, let's say you you did not want to hold it, but you eventually wanted to hold it. Is that sort of a two-way door decision? At some point, you could ask to hold your asset as opposed to keeping it in one gold? Yeah, people do that a lot. We actually had a, a large, uh, what we call a redemption order earlier this year, where someone basically decided they wanted to put um, basically north of $10 million into gold, and into their one gold account. And they said, hey, it's, it's easy. I don't need to worry about securing this. Um, and obviously, if you have $10 million, it, it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's also a bad problem if you have it in your house, because that's probably not the best place to keep $10 million and, you know, hiding under your, your mattress or in a safe in your home. I mean, all it takes is one guy breaking into your house and, and that 10 million could be gone. Um, but so anyway, he decided, okay, for whatever reason, he wanted to take possession of the gold. So he said, okay, I'm just going to select the products that I want. And basically within a couple of clicks, he was able to get um, the gold. And, and due to the due to the size of that order, we actually send a Brinks truck up to his location. But normally, like if you, if you did a redemption order for, let's say, $1,000, $2,000, a couple thousand dollars, we'll actually ship it directly to your home address. But yeah, there definitely is a way um, you could get into one gold, you could get out in physical, whatever, whatever you want to do. We want want to provide a solution that's easy and, and simple for you. Yeah. And I noticed when I went through the AppMex site, and, and this is why I love doing the show, I, 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 in full transparency, I've never really given this investment vehicle much thought. What we've told our listeners, you know, over the years is, you know, open your ears, open your eyes, do your own research, listen, and make your own decisions when it comes to these types of investments. And that's why we love to have people like yourself on the show to kind of talk about and explain what these are all about. Um, when I went to the site, I noticed there were so many different types. You talked a little bit about it at the top of the podcast where we talked about not only the metals themselves, but precious coins and currency. Can you tell us a little bit about the different investment types and maybe describe either the risks or, you know, what could be associated? Because in my mind, gold is gold. And if you have a gold yep. bar, following the market you know as long as it's pure and you buy it from a reputable dealer like yourself it goes up and down a certain value but when it comes to uh paper currency or 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 uh pressure you know coins that are you know of a certain age and a certain type and a certain condition can you tell us a little bit about these dis different investment types that you guys provide and what the kind of upside downside is to each i know that's a lot but if you could kind of walk us through that would be great 
Yeah, that's a great question. We get this a lot, actually. So if you look on the AppMex site, that's APMEX.com, you'll notice we have 25,000 plus products in stock. And most people look at that, they're like, okay, this is overwhelming. Where do I get started? Um, high level, there's four different metals. There's gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. So I would say starting with that, the majority of our sales, let's say about 65 to 70% of our, our revenue dollars are in gold. So most people buy gold. The other, let's say 30% is in silver, and then the, the remaining is in platinum and palladium. So, you know, why do people get gold? Gold is typically known as like a safe haven asset that does well in inflation. And we could talk about um, inflation over, over there um, in, a, in a little bit. And then silver is, is more of like I call the higher beta version of gold. So if gold went up 1%, silver might go up 2%. If gold went down 1%, silver might go down 2%. So it's the people who are believing in gold but they want a little bit more volatility, a little more upside. So those are the people get that get started in silver. So the high level, those are the metals. Within all the metals, you have different types of products. So you have what we call bullion products. And if for any new investors, I would recommend you focus on the bullion products. By bullion, we mean that these trade at the, basically close to the commodity value. So an ounce of gold's trading for 1650 on the market today a bullion coin might be trading for slightly over that, let's say about 1700, 1750. Um, these are the coins that as the gold market goes up, as the silver market goes up, your investment's gonna go up. So that's that's one group of coin. We also have what we call numismatic coins, which I mentioned earlier is, is like a collectible coin. So gold could be at 1650 and this coin could be trading for $3,000. Clearly not anywhere near the price of, of a gold coin, but this is more like a rare coin. So it's it's like buying a Picasso. It's a, it's a rare piece of art it's going to trade differently than 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 the normal markets and sometimes if, if rare art becomes more desirable or if rare coins become more desirable these will go up but just because the gold price goes up or down doesn't necessarily guarantee this numismatic or rare coin will go up got Hopefully it that helps no that does help that helps a lot and and kind of one more logistic question you talked about shipping but what is the best way to store this? And I know it depends on quantity but you know kind of t-shirt sizing it into kind of small medium large um, you know, someone who invests a couple of thousand versus someone who has like the, you know, a million dollars worth of metal, whatever that is. Are people housing this stuff in their houses? And if so, is it, you know, or is it a safe deposit box? What are some of the more common methods for, for storing these investments from your investors? And what are the, what are some of the uh, storage places you don't recommend? You mentioned mattress before I got that checked off on the list. So they're not storing it in the mattress, <laughs> but so maybe you could talk a little bit about storage. I'm just curious how people are commonly storing these. Yeah, a lot of times when I talk to different people who, who get started in investing in gold, usually it starts with a couple hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand dollars. And I recommend that everyone does do have some physical gold at home, just like I recommend people have physical cash at home too. I mean, not not in any crazy amounts, but you know, you never know when you're going to need it. Uh, I guess for... For some people, obviously, they're fortunate enough that the couple thousands becomes tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or, or even a seven-figure sum. Um, and, and we do have quite a few of those customers. With those customers, I would recommend that you do something a little different. Um, and obviously, you know, the, for the smaller customers, home safe is probably fine. Safe to deposit box is also fine, too. I know there's a lot of doomers who say, hey, there's going to be a bank holiday. And I'm not a believer in that. I mean, the, the likelihood of that happening where the bank's going to seize your asset is probably not likely. Um, I know there's a lot of people in the precious metals industry that like to like to say that, but I believe a safety deposit box is perfectly fine. But let's say you you, you got to the amount when you're, you have a hundred thousand or a million dollars, some large amount in your house. Um, ideally, obviously not the best, not the best solution because, you know, chances are you're going to go on vacation. Chances are you're going to go to work. You're going to run errands. Uh, maybe 
someone heard that you have a million dollars in your house. I mean, like I said, all it takes is one guy breaking in. Hopefully it never happens. You know, if, if the guy has a knife or a gun, then, then your million dollars is gone. So we do offer a couple solutions for that. Um, one is one gold, as I mentioned, is a vaulted solution uh, where in one gold, you're essentially owning part of a larger, let's say commercial or, or industrial bar. So you imagine these big gold bars, big silver bars that you see in movies, you're owning either a whole one of those if you have enough ounces or a fraction of those. That's one option. Another option, too, is we have a, another subsidiary called Citadel. And what Citadel is, is you actually have ownership of your metal, you ship it into Atmex, we authenticate it, and we store it in a Brinks vault. So you'll have a little area in the Brinks vault where it's actually stored, insured, um, audited, I mean, armed guards 24 seven. Um, and then you have a little, almost like a cubby within a Brinks vault. And, and that's a solution I would recommend if you have a, a large dollar amount of precious metals. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it's almost like, I know in the computer world, it used to be co-location where, you know, there'd be these big, data centers and you would buy a little small piece uh, or put a server in a rack. And this is like the equivalent yep. where you kind of have a storage within this big vaulted facility that is your own. So you could put as much or as little into that space. And then I guess over time, if you need to expand it, you could buy more space. Is that how it kind of works in terms of- Yeah, and, actually... and you, could, you could put as little as one ounce or you could put a, you know $10 million. So it, 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 we've had customers, I think our largest customer spent north of, of $50 million and he used Citadel as an option. Obviously $50 million is, has a whole nother series of challenges to secure, especially if you're putting that in your house. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Yep, yep. And I think maybe we'll kind of uh, change the topics a little bit. We were talking about the logistics and kind of the types. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, how should investors position their portfolios uh, during an inflationary environment? Um, we talked a little bit pre-podcast and you talked a little bit at the top of the uh, podcast around, you know, 401ks being cut in half, right? And then we're wait everyone's waiting for it to go back up. But some people are selling and getting out and some people are doubling down, right? So there's all these different yeah. trains and schools of thoughts. So what is your thoughts when it comes to positioning their portfolios uh, during this inflationary environment, the one we're in now? Yeah, that's a great question. And what I like to do too is, is obviously everyone can make a prediction, but I like to look at history and say like, what can history tell us? And you know, what would happen if history repeats? So I think the biggest news right now is inflation is 8.2%, I believe is the latest number, which is a 40 year high. Uh, so let's first look at like how how long inflationary cycles lasted in the past and what various assets, asset classes are likely to do if history repeats. So unfortunately, like I mentioned, 40 year high, you have to go back prior to 1980. So you look in the 1960s, we had an inflationary cycle and it took the Fed nine years to resolve that inflationary cycle. So you know, long time over there. In the 1970s, we had a similar inflationary cycle and it took the Fed five years to resolve it. So where are we today? Just in January 2021, inflation was just a little over 1%, I believe 1.4%. And now we're about two years into the inflationary cycle. So I don't think the Fed's anywhere near done with this. You look at, at you know some of the numbers, it looks like you probably at least have several months even before, if best case, if they're able to solve this inflation. Worst case, maybe it takes another couple of years. So let's look at various asset classes. So let's say you held cash. Obviously, I don't recommend holding cash in an inflationary time, but let's say you did. Five years of 8.2% inflation is going to erode about 30, 35% of your purchasing power. Not ideal. And let's say inflation lasts nine years like it did in the 1960s. It's going to erode 55% of your purchasing power. Obviously, not ideal. So don't hold cash in inflation. That's not, that's not what you want to do. So let's look at the S&P then. Let's see what the S&P did. 
In the 1960s, S&P was actually down over that nine-year period, and inflation hit north of 12%. So not ideal. You kind of got hit both ways. Your, your nominal value went down, plus inflation eroded your purchasing power. Let's look at the 1970s in the S&P. The S&P was actually up, by, but only by 4%. And then inflation was running at close to 15%. So you did a little better, but not ideal if inflation is outpacing your, your stock portfolio. And then lastly, let's look at gold. And in the 1960s, gold went up from 35 to $200, so a, a five-fold move. And then you look at the 1970s, and gold went up an eight times from about $100 to about $850. So if history repeats, gold may make a multiple move. Stocks may struggle for the next couple of years until this inflationary thing is, is resolved. Yeah, and, and anecdotally, and once again, I, I, I think when you, 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 you're hitting on something, what do you think drives people – to buying gold during those times and the price rising, I guess in terms of, you know, you're seeing it with customers and stuff like that. Is it is it kind of the fear of markets and, and just trying to find that safe haven and gold or silver and the precious metals are always that safe haven? Is that what you find from customers that come to you? Yeah, I think people are looking for something different. Like if you had your, let's say you had your typical portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. You're seeing stocks are down this year. You're seeing bonds are down this year. So you're like, well, that's not working out so well for me. You look at the dollar and you're seeing everything that the government's doing, just printing stuff like crazy. And, and I know one of the latest things is, is student loan forgiveness, which is to me is crazy because it's like, for example, there's people who, who got a loan out there, paid it off, worked hard, and now the government's just giving money away. So like, it makes you kind of question like, well, what's the dollar worth? So I think you had that whole run to cryptos in the last couple of years too, where people said, I want something different. Stocks are struggling, bonds are struggling, dollar don't want to hold a lot of those. I want cryptos is one thing. Another another group of people say, I want gold. I want something hard, um, something that cannot be printed into existence. Um, no central bank could just make more gold. You unfortunately have to go in the ground and mine this and it's costly to mine it. So they want something different than, than what they're currently holding. And, and that's what I think a lot of people are running to. Yeah, and I guess this kind of ties into the next question. We've kind of talked about it a bit, is why should investors consider owning precious metals? But maybe you can give us the top three reasons in your in your mind. I know we've touched upon this question uh, so far, but maybe what are the top three reasons why, you know, a customer says, hey, you know, why should I do this? Yeah, I would say one of, one of the reasons, too, is, is I think everything's cyclical. Um, nothing goes up forever. Nothing goes down forever. I mean, you could look at, at stocks. You could look at gold, for example. So I think right now you're in a gold cycle. And high level, you look at, like, let's say, let's fast forward past the 60s and 70s like we talked about earlier. Let's look at 2000 and on. So from 2000 to 2011, you had basically what we call like a, a, like a, a lost decade in stocks. Stocks basically didn't go anywhere. Gold, on the other hand, went up from 250 to $1,900 uh, from 2000 to 2011. And then the cycle reversed from 2011 to 2022. You had stocks go up fourfold from 1250 to 4800 as of the beginning, beginning of this year. And you had gold that struggled. So it went from 1900 down to 1050 and now it's back at 1650 So gold didn't go anywhere. Uh, but I think a lot of things are cyclical. I think... Um, in the next couple of years, you're going to see gold perform extremely well and stocks is, are likely to struggle. I guess that's one reason I would say to, to own precious metals. Another reason, too, is, is I did an analysis, too. And one of the things I recommend people do is to do your own research and, you know, t take action by when managing your own money. But I did a re some research looking at portfolio diversification and what gold will do to a portfolio. 
So I looked at 10-year average returns um, during the last 50 years of data, so basically 1970 and onward. And assuming you, ha you had an investment holding period of 10 years, uh, if you had an 80% S&P portfolio and you swapped out your bonds with gold, so 20% gold, you could actually get near the returns of 100% S&P portfolio with less volatility than the bond portfolio. Um, I don't know if, if, if I mean, if you're familiar with uh, a lot of that portfolio theory and the efficient portfolio, portfolio frontier, but a lot of it, like, like you look at stocks, for example, 7% return um, annually, and this is a real return over the past 50 years, 5% standard deviation, bonds about a 5% return, so lower than the stocks, but a 3% standard deviation, so lower than the than standard deviation than the stock return. And then that 80-20 that uh, S&P gold portfolio is 6.7% annual real return and a 2.7% uh, annual standard deviation. So that's another reason. And then a last reason I would say is, is it's tangible. It's off the grid. Um, there's a lot of benefits to having something that can't be hacked, can't be easily taken away from you. Um, if, if you ever get into a lawsuit or anything like that, I mean, no one knows you have it. I mean, hopefully that never happens, but it's it's off the grid. You could pass it from generation to generation. That's another huge benefit of precious metals. Yeah, I was going to say it's tangible. You can hold it. You hit upon a couple of different things. Like, you know, it's sort of like real estate where they're not making much more of it. I mean, there's a lot in the world, but to your point, you know, it's kind of finite in terms of it's not endless like some of these other pieces that or you know the currencies and stuff for just print more it's hard to just you can't just print gold right yep. one of the questions i had and and this is it just came to my mind i know that gold and some of these other metals are used a lot in technology have have you seen that affect kind of the markets you know in terms of you know needing gold conductors or silver or whatever like it's just a, a question that kind of popped into my mind how have you seen that over the last 10 years affect the pricing yeah so gold let, let's start with gold so gold is primarily a monetary metal it is used a little bit here and there in, in industry like if you look at your cell phone or you look at any electron electronical uh like connector, you'll see little like things that look like gold. And, and in most cases, those are plated with gold. Um, but it's such a small amount that because mm -hmm. of the high cost of gold, no one's going to just use a solid electric conductor and, and, and raise the price of all electronics. So they, they coat things in gold. And the nice thing about gold is it doesn't corrode. And that's why they use it on electric conductors. So like the worst thing you could have on an electronic circuit is, is corrosion because then it, it, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> So a lot of times it is used in, in little things like that. But for the most part, gold is primarily um, uh, like a, a store of value. It doesn't get used in industry a lot. Um, silver, on the other hand, is used a lot in industry. Silver is actually the most conductive um, and reflective metal out there. Um, so, so a lot of times if, if electronic conductivity is, is, a, is a priority, people would use silver. And then since it is so reflective, um, silver is used in a lot of solar panels and so on. And anytime you need a lot of, of reflective, reflectivity, um, what does this mean? So basically like as, you know, as let's, let's say stocks start to correct and, you know, people are worried about going into another 2008, you'll probably see gold do well because it's a financial safe haven. Silver, on the other hand, could go either way. It could follow gold and be a safe haven precious metals or it could follow industry to say if if the stocks are collapsing or, or, or plummeting like they did in 2008 silver could get dragged down too as well so a little bit more um silver could be correlated to, to gold or let's say stocks and gold is typically more negatively correlated 
Got it. Okay. And then I know we've touched upon some of these pieces already, but the various ways to own precious metals and some of their pros and cons, maybe we could just kind of summarize that at a high level for our listeners. Yeah. So I I personally like vaulted um, through one gold. And as I mentioned, one gold's an online investment platform where you could buy gold, silver, and platinum. As I mentioned, it's fully insured, fully audited. The nice part about one gold is it's relatively cheap to get into the metal because one gold owns like the 400 ounce gold bars, thousand ounce silver bars. Um, we're selling gold at 80 basis points or 0.8% over the commodity value and silver about 2% over the commodity value. So an extremely good price to get into one gold. Like we mentioned, if you want to swap it out, you said, Hey, I don't like one gold. I want to take physical delivery. You could do that too, as well. So um, that's one gold. Um, the second option too is, is, is at and, as we mentioned, a lot of benefits with tangible um, physical precious metals. I think they're personally nice to look at. So I, there's some collector value there. As we mentioned, no one could hack it away from you. You could easily pass it to generation to generation. I know we're in financial dad, so I would assume a lot of people over here have families. Um, you could pass it to your kid and it's private. You, no one needs to know that you just pass wealth on to your family member. The government doesn't need to know. No one needs to get into your business. Um, if you do buy physical metals, I recommend that you do buy from a legitimate and respectable um, dealer such as Atmex. Obviously, we've been in business for over 20 years. There's other dealers out there, too, that have been in business for a while. But definitely don't go on Craigslist and try to get the best deal. Probably not the best thing. You, you know, you might try to save yourself a couple bucks and realize you got a fake coin there. So I would say deal with deal with someone who's been in business for a while and who, you know, is going to sell you a real coin. Yeah, that's so funny. You mentioned Craigslist. I had a buddy of mine tell me once, um, don't get your house painter on Craigslist, right? It may be the best yeah. price, but, you know, if they slip and fall or they spill paint all over your floors, like, you know, you want to buy or, or buy goods and services from people with a solid track record like yourselves, yep. firm you can trust, the name you know. Uh, stuff like that. I know that you mentioned a, a growth in marketplaces such as eBay and Amazon and Walmart. Do those tie to to Atmex at all? Yeah, or they do. So, uh, okay. So we actually on Atmex, we like to sell and, and reach all different types of people. So some people have heard of Atmex and they buy directly from our site. Other people may be new to precious metals and they look and they said, okay, well, how do I buy gold? And then they look at it and they said, okay, well, I know Amazon. I think everyone buys on Amazon. People know eBay too as well, and people know Walmart. So we sell our products on those websites. So if you go on walmart.com, ebay.com, amazon.com, uh, you could buy gold coins. You'll see that Atmex actually has a seller ID on there. And if, if you feel comfortable transacting on, on eBay, for example, like you could buy on eBay, you have all eBay's protections. Or if you shop on Amazon or Walmart, you have all their protections too. Uh, it helps, especially for people who don't know Atmex or, or don't want to make sure that they're not getting scammed. Obviously, we're not going to scam anyone. We're on all these marketplaces. But if you're new, you're like, hey, okay, well, eBay protects me. I'll buy on eBay. Worst case, if I don't get it, eBay's going to protect me. But obviously, you will get it. We'll ship it um, usually same or next day. That's very cool. And this kind of ties to one of my next, what the next question I have is what are the trends that you're seeing in the precious metal industry? I mean, obviously I guess different platforms, different ways to distribute, but what are some of these other um, trends that you're seeing? Yeah. So in the last couple of years, demand for precious metals has been booming. So we have to go back to about 2019 for our, our last normal year. And back then we had about a billion dollars in retail sales. So, you know, still quite a very healthy market. You had COVID hit in 2020. 
obviously you, you probably remember the, the March dip in 2020 where everything sold off initially um, and then rebounded. That resulted in a lot of increased demand for AppMex. So we saw about a 1.5X increase in customers since 2019 and a doubling in sales um, in 2020. And keep in mind, doubling from a billion dollars in sales is not an easy thing to do. It's not like I'm selling 10,000 and I went to 20,000. I went from a billion to north of 2 billion. Um, 2021 came around. We didn't think we could beat 2020's numbers, but 2021 proved us wrong. We easily saw a doubling in customers from 2019 and easily smashed through that $2 billion mark. And then this year is turning out to be a record year. Obviously, people are seeing what's happening in the economy. People are running to gold. Uh, March 2022 was actually our best month in our company year history, and we sold north of 250 or 260 million to retail customers. Wow, that's amazing. And congratulations. That is some big success. But I think everyone's benefiting, right? So, yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, people that are buying your product, they're or buying, you know, the, this, the products and services, they're, they're liking what they have, they're getting a comfort level, they're getting that peace of mind that some of these hard assets will give them, which is great. I have one final kind of question for you. Um, and it's really more of a personal question. Uh, we always like to ask the guests, um, what is what is some of the what is one of the biggest financial mistakes that you made? And what was the best piece of advice that you've received when it came to financials? Yeah, one of the biggest financial advices, uh, it, it's back when, when in 2008, going back to that area, I, I just trusted someone. I said, you know, I'm going to work on my career. I'm going to try to get up. And, and, and I started saving money and I, I didn't know much about managing money. And I just gave it to someone and I said, okay, you go do it. Hopefully it returns what they say it's going to return. You hear of all, all these averages of, hey, your stocks are going to return X over a couple of years. And overall, it just works out and you somehow retire. Um, 2008 hit, obviously didn't do so well. I think we're in another period where you're going to see some you know, major movements in markets. But one of the, the biggest things I've did that I think had a significant impact was taking control of my investments. And I would recommend that everyone does it too. Do your own research. I look at, at stocks. I look at gold. I look at cryptos as a tool in a larger tool chest. Don't go 100% in everything. Don't go 100% in stocks. Don't go to 100% in gold. Uh, understand how assets relate in different times and then use that to your advantage and, and manage your own money is, is probably my suggestion. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, with that, I usually wrap up with a, a kind of a little bit of a recap of what lessons learned from me. Uh, I, I, this concept of wealth transfer, uh, that's very interesting. I don't think a lot of people really think about that. And that's a very key piece of, of advice, right? Where if you have some level of portfolio or your assets are in those types of assets, there's not a lot of wrangling to kind of split that up, which I think is very interesting or pass it along. Yeah. And the other thing was the inflationary history. I think that little bit of a history lesson that you kind of walked the audience through and myself through uh, was very telling and, and very important to know. So I appreciate those, but I'm going to listen back. Like I always do to all these podcasts. I go on sure. my run or I go at the gym and I like to hear back number one for any mistakes, but number two for the advice, right? So thank you for doing the show today. And, you know, if you can, you know, leave, if you could kind of wrap us up with any takeaways, final thoughts, plugs for your sites, et cetera, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so if history repeats, my thought is precious metals are likely to do extremely well. Um, just looking at, at those inflationary cycles like we went over, I would say you should definitely have an allocation in precious metals. Your allocation really depends on on what you feel comfortable with. If you want to buy the physical, check out atmex.com. That's A-P-M-E-X.com. 
And if you're okay with a vaulted solution too, check out onegold.com. That's O-N-E-G-O-L-D.com. And for your listeners, I actually have a coupon code on OneGold that gives a small discount on U.S. gold and U.S. silver. So that coupon code is GOLD50 off. So G-O-L-D-5-0. OFF. That's 50% off the premiums for U.S. gold. And the other coupon is silver 50 off, which is 50% off the premiums for um, U.S. silver. And as I mentioned, my, one of my key takeaways is take control of your investments and, and see how every um, investment reacts and, and does well with the, with other investments. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. That was awesome. Um, we have a favor that we'd like to ask our listeners. Uh, please go to YouTube and search for Financial Dads and please subscribe to our channel. We really would appreciate it. Uh, Well, Patrick, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul reminding you managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everyone. Be well, and thank you. 